Hello, and thank you for joining us here at IED Sports. Today, we're talking Major League Soccer. Alex, we got news and notes from around Major League Soccer. We have some uh, players of the week. We're taking a look at last week's episode and making some predictions. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, checked, uh, we'll talk about it a little later. I saw the Rebels last night play their best game of the year, beating Miami 4 0. We'll talk about it a little later. Uh, I was surprised to see that. But yeah, we had a great week in uh, MLS. A lot going on. We're going to discuss it right here. Let's start with uh, some news and notes from around the league. The I-80 Sports Traffic Report, where you can find all your news and notes from the week. It's hard to plan, Alex, a weekend show when there's so much midweek action. But let's talk about last week midweek action first, because there was a total of five red cards given out during midweek, including uh, Thiago from NYCFC, Kamar Lawrence from Toronto, Andres Perea from Orlando, and Tui Loma from the Portland Timbers. Also marks the third straight game for NYCFC picking up a red card. Um, I, I've been critical of these midweek games because it seems like the teams really aren't putting their all into it, and I can't bet on a midweek game because I have no squad idea what the rotation, roster construction Bob. is. Yeah, now, squad rotation. That's that's the term we use these days in MLS, squad rotation. You squad, squad rotation, rotation you're if you adding red cards. And if you don't have a deep bench, <laughs> you're in trouble. I mean, MLS is playing, I, I read the other day, Miami played three games in eight days. I mean, that's, come on, man. That's just, I know they're trying to sneak everything in. You know, we had the the gold cup and we had the euros and we had the u.s national team so mls was trying to you know accommodate all that playing games at the same time without some of their stars playing international duty this is part of the problem with mls when they you know they don't adapt the international schedule and something like this could happen and like you said we, we have a squad rotation some guys are in the lineup as much as possible looking to fight for a spot looking for five for minutes get a little aggressive and you got a bunch of red cards it makes sense to me i mean again refereeing and MLS gets criticized a lot, but if you go back and look at some of these red cards, I don't think you can really, you know, uh, fight any of these. They're, they're legit red cards. What are you supposed to do? And those are going to, of course, affect what we predict for this weekend's matchups. Um, also in the news, Toronto. They're in pretty poor form. Six straight losses, winless in their last nine games. If you add what happened uh, this previous weekend, what is going on in Toronto? Well, Altador went out. Uh, the other forward uh, was Akinola went out. Uh, coaching change. Chris Armas went out. Now, you know, for all the Rebel fans there, Chris Armas really was the problem in Toronto. I mean, you know, look at what they're doing now. He's not there. Anyway, uh, good news for Toronto, though. I like to save his own advance. Strong links that Sebastian Giovinco will be coming back. He'll be signing in January and will be playing next year at 35. Now, to me, him and Soltado play the same position. So that's something to look out for. I'm, I guarantee you, Soltado will not be here. I think he's on his way out. I don't. Think, I hear he's, he's rumblings in Toronto. He's not happy in MLS. He's not happy being in Toronto. So I think this is one of those moves where I think they'll try to sell Soltado and put Giovinco, a fan favorite, one of the best players. You know, I know he's 35 now, but when he played here a few years ago, arguably, if not the best forward in MLS, he's right there in the top three. Well, let's see what happens. If it, t Toronto needs forward help desperately with the injury situation. You know, Altidore's is, his career is winding down right now. Akinola's hurt. They need to do something. You know, he's still up as well, but he needs a lot of help. And let's uh, hopefully Giovinco has something left in the tank. Absolutely. And on the other side of the card, and I guess this changed since I wrote the, the game document up for this, Miami had won three straight. They had four wins and a draw in their last five matches. And, of course, they lost to Red Bull last night to make this whole complete uh, news segment meaningless. 
Well, and I also like to add that the Miami injury situations, uh, they have Gibbs is out, Shawcross is out. Yesterday, they had yellow cards and red cards all over the place. I think their two center backs is out. They're playing Nashville this weekend. Now, I don't know if you guys know about Nashville. They played 50 games in MLS so far. 39 times they've gotten a positive result, a winner, a tie. I mean, that is very impressive. Only Seattle, I think, has a slightly better record the first 50 games in MLS. Miami going to Nashville without their back line situated around. They look very tired. They look old, like we mentioned in weeks before. I know they're on a run, but now we're getting towards the end of the season. The older legs are having a little bit of trouble keeping up. I, I think this – we're going to talk about this a little later. For me, this is the best bet of the week, Nashville against Miami. We'll talk about it a little later. Absolutely. That's going to be a Wednesday, the uh, September 22nd, that match. Actually, um, that's midweek next week. Nashville's actually playing Toronto this weekend or today or tomorrow, whenever it depends on when you're watching this episode. Um, let's move on and talk about some of the best players from the past week, our high-performance players. Your I-80 Sports High-Performance Players of the Week. Let's get after it. And let's start with Chofis uh, Lopez from San Jose mm. Quakes. What a, body, what a body on this guy, right? This guy, this guy looks like if you go to your local bar, he's sitting at the corner uh, six beers in. But let me tell you something. Don't be fooled by his appearance. He had three goals in his game, and one of them was an Olympic goal off the, off the corner kick. It, tremendous. I mean, he, one time he was regarded yeah. as one of the next great Mexican players. It didn't work out playing for Chivas and, you know, didn't where he gained some weight and, you know, jokes aside. But MLS would not make he started to look like he's a little bit of a player. They need scoring, and why not him? And he, with three goals in this game, he was fantastic in this game. And, you know, uh, especially it was, it was actually the difficult Olympic, to the Olympic name goal was a great goal. Yeah. It was they, difficult to name him as the high-performance player because they did lose 3-4 to RSL, and Ruby, Rubio Rubin scored a brace in the same game. So he had five goals being scored by just two players. I was players. watching some of that game. That was a very good game. Uh, it was back and forth. There was no defense at all. It was attacking soccer, which you like to see as a fan. Uh yeah, and, and um, we were talking about Almeida. Almeida is having issues with uh, MLS and his coaching. I think in that game, he just walked out. He's now suspended this weekend for one game. He just walked out. He walked off the field. He just went into the locker room in the middle of the game. So he won't be uh, coaching his next game. I, I hope to see Almeida around. He's one of the better coaches in MLS. He's having some issues with, with the refereeing and calls not going his team's way. And he just w got up. He just right, went right to the locker room in the middle of the game. I don't think he was red card. He just walked out. I mean, sometimes you got to send a message to the league and the refs. We're not going to take this. And uh, let's see if it works out for him. Getting back to the players, Chofis now has eight goals and one assist on the season. Rubio Rubin, seven goals and four assists, so both having a, a good 2021 campaign. Next high-performance player of the week, Albert Rushnak, headed back um, to last week. He had two goals and three assists over his last three games. Maybe not the uh, any one all-star appearance, but Albert Rushnak is absolutely back in form. Oh, he's one of the he's one of the better players in MLS. He's totally underrated. Uh, not a lot of people talk about him, but what he can do, what he does for Real Salt Lake, he can score, he can pass, he can defend. He's a great player. I mean, it was a good acquisition by Real Salt Lake when he got him. Again, what you said, two goals and three assists the last three games. Why not? he has to be on the list on something like that? Absolutely. Now, the next player is a high-performance player for his ability at the spot. That is Ola Kamara. Five goals in the last three games, including a hat trick against the Chicago Fire. Four of those five goals were off of penalties. Only one came from the run of play, but Ola Kamara still got a little gas in the tank, and as long as um, DC keeps getting penalties, he's going to keep taking them, and he's going to keep finding the score sheet. I mean, I think he's top three in goals in MLS, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's a double-digit goal scorer. And as when we talked about this at the beginning of the season, if DC United can get a double-digit goal scorer up front, penalty kicks not. A goal is a goal. And they have one right now. And that's why DC United is in the standings where they are. You know, usually they've been in the last few years, they've been with Ben Olsen, you know, not making the playoffs, bottom league, jokes in the league. 
no more. They got a bunch of young talent that like to run around, and now they got a double-digit goal score up front. They're a tough out. You, re- This is a team right now you really don't want to play in the Eastern Conference. They're, you can't overlook D.C. United right now. Absolutely. And the final high-performance player of the week is Johnny Russell. Your favorite, last one of your favorite weekend. players. Yeah, I love talking yeah, about him. I love I know, the beard. I know you do. You know, I know. Um, one of Bob's favorites. We all know that here, all the listeners know. What, what, you know again, Sporting Kansas City, we talk about it week in and week out. Peter Vermes, they're one of the better teams on West. Every time they get blown out, you know, the following game, they're going to blow somebody out. And, you know, with Johnny Russell out there leading the way down the wing, likes to attack, likes to cross, feisty type player, fan favorite. Again, he had a, a goal and two assists and a 4 nothing win over Minnesota. He scored when they beat yes. Chicago 2 nothing. I mean, Sporting Kansas City is going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be an MLS contender. Uh, Johnny Russell is going to help them lead the way. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, SKC right now, 13 wins, 7 draws, 5 losses. They are at the top of the West with 46 points scored. That is uh, second only to New England Revolution in the race for the Shield. So definitely uh, some stuff we're going to look for. Johnny Russell had a bit of a quiet earlier in the season, and I think he's definitely uh, going to step up in the right time now. Let's take a look now at our picks from last week and talk a little bit about what happened there. The I-80 Sports Rear View, where we take a look back at topics from last week's show. Last week, Alex, I sat here and guaranteed the people that FC Dallas versus Quakes was going to go over two and a half goals. They scored a total of two goals. However, missed both teams... It, missed w- it by half a goal there, Bob. Missed it by half a goal. Missed it by half a goal. However, I do want to point out that both teams went on to score three each in their midweek games. Maybe I just pulled the trigger uh, a couple days too early. Dallas, 22 goals between them and their opponents in their last five games. How do we not hit this? I don't know, but let me tell you something. With Dallas, when they play, I love to watch them. Ricardo Pepe and uh, Ferrero front, and Paxton, Paxton Pomichel seems to be getting over his injury, seems to be spraying the ball around the field. Uh, we always talk about Dallas, how they you know, develop young talent. You know, Ricardo Pepe's now looks like the starting U.S. national team forward at 18 years old. He's linked with Bayern Munich and Fiorentina, and we're not going to see him that much longer in MLS. Dallas with the youth, and then you go down there, you know, I know it still gets hot in September, October. It's always a yeah. tough place. I always talk about betting-wise. When Dallas is home, I like to look at them to put my money on. When on the road, I go against them usually. That's the way they are with youth. You know, with youth and yeah. is like that a lot. You know, Ricardo Pepe just said, uh, uh, Ferreira and Pax, Paxton Pablo, they're going to go as far as those three, and that is a deadly combination. Ferreira and, and Pepe are uh, – Ferreira is a borderline U.S. national team, but Pepe looks like to be a starter. He's one of the better forwards right now in MLS. He's dominating right now. He's a He's a – presence in the box he can score he can pass uh, what's not to like about dallas like we, we mentioned before and, and we talked about the quakes before with almeida i know abobasi i think is out this weekend that yeah. could be a problem for them and almeida so you might want to think of going against san jose when we talk about games later absolutely and uh to wrap up our review segment intra miami over columbus crew as i predicted it was on an iguain goal it was in the 16th minute. That goal gave him the win. We hit at minus 110. Um, that, that was kind of the, the other theme. We talked about red cards during the midweek and during last weekend. The other, for the last two weeks, it's been, you know, games being decided in the first 20 minutes with, with a goal and, and the game ends 1-0 or two or three early goals to, to set the team on the right pace. Very interesting. But uh, Miami over Columbus Crew, that hit as predicted. We even named the goal scorer. Yeah, Columbus is... Uh Added to playoffs right now. Very surprising. Defending MLS Cups. Ravaged with injuries. I know they just got Zardis back. Uh, we just talked about Inter-Miami before uh, three games in eight days. They got smoked last night by uh, Red Bull 4-Zip. And they got a bunch of red cards, you know, yellow card suspensions. So I'm not looking at Inter-Miami in the next week or so. 
they're going to be a depleted squad. You might want to look look to go against them if you want to make some money. Absolutely. Love it. Let's talk about last week um, because I did pull up a fun fact before we get started with our toll booth predictions. Home teams last week went with eight wins, three ties, two losses. Um, We talked about the early winners, the red cards. It was a very home uh, favorite heavy week. This week, I think we have some values in the sports book. Let's talk about them now. The I-80 Sports Toll Booth, where you can find the best bets of the week. Let's start with Toronto FC. They are hosting Nashville. Nashville is the away underdog at plus 130. Let's for a second push aside that Nashville is second in the East um, on a three-game winning streak and that Toronto hasn't won a soccer game since July 25th. That's an actual stat. <laughs> July 25th was the last time Toronto won a soccer game. Toronto will be without Pozuelo, lower body injury, without Kamar Lawrence on a red card suspension. Nashville will be near full strength. Um, now let's talk about their current form. Um, Nashville's just a better team. You're getting plus money on a road game. That's okay. Nashville likes to tie a lot of games, but I really think this weekend um, with Philadelphia and Orlando, which is a tough matchup, um, Nashville's going to go for all three points, try to keep uh, in second place in the East. It's going to be a good week to pick up a couple points on some seating. Let's get it done. Yeah, we talked about Toronto before. They're a disaster right now. Uh, you just talked about Pozuelo's out and Lawrence, and Nashville's very, relatively healthy. Just t- talked about the stat, you know, 50 games, 39 uh, games of those, they've gotten positive results. Again, you know, you get a little scared if you're betting because Nashville does tie a lot, but the way Toronto's playing right now, I, I this is probably the best bet of the week. I mean, Nashville, and even the next game after is Nashville. I'm going to be loading up on Nashville, looking at Nashville to make some money in the next couple of weeks, especially with their schedule. This one, to me, I think it's a best bet. Uh, I don't think Toronto has a shot in this. I'm surprised that the odds are what they are. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned Nashville, fantastic defensively. Zimmerman in the back anchors it. Mukhtar up front very quietly. He didn't make the all-star team, but this guy is an MVP-type candidate, what he's done for Nashville. They love him in Nashville. This, to me, this is... I think it's Toronto as close to a slam dunk as possible. Yeah, and, right. and what but I said, you, but, but you never know. That's the whole thing. You, you, <laughs> you do you never, never know. know. But, but I, I would say, I said again, Orlando is in third place. Nashville leads them by three points. Orlando's playing Philly. That's a real tough matchup. I see no reason why Nashville shouldn't go with the intent to win. Get in second place by six points by the end of the weekend. And, uh, you know, plan the rest of the season from there. Yeah, they're shooting for second spot. The New England Revolution can be number one seed. They're shooting for second seed so they can stay home in Nashville all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So this is a game they, they – they, when you look on the schedule, you don't want them – if you're as a national fan, you don't want to drop points. They need the three-pointer to keep that possibility. Let's talk about the next match, uh, Minnesota hosting LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy, the road dog at plus 260. Now, uh, admittedly, both LA teams, Galaxy and LAFC, has kind of fallen off my radar for sportsbook purposes over the last couple of weeks. Um, they both struggled. They've both been in mixed form all season long, but I think that changes this week. Minnesota reeling after a 4-0 loss to Sporting KC last week, and LA Galaxy seems poised to get back in the win column after three straight draws. I don't love the Galaxy here. I just love the plus 260 um, against the Minnesota team right now, and I'm going to add some of this to my uh, sprinkle it in the betting portfolio this weekend. Yeah, uh, LA Galaxy getting Chicharito back is a, a big deal. Legit. The Santos, I mean, they seem to be now, looks like, you know, they just mentioned three straight ties. I'm waiting for them to hit the gas and start getting some positive results. This is a tough matchup. The Minnesota at home is usually tough. 
But I understand that Minnesota has some injury problems. I think Reynoso may not play. Dotson's out. Robin Lude might be out. Uh, if that's the case, um, I really like yeah. uh, uh, LA Galaxy in this, in, in, in this situation. Uh, the one thing I want to add here to what you said about Chicharito, um, in Chicharito's absence, Grand Seer, who was a starting winger for a couple of weeks, seemed to be relegated to the bench. He was playing 20 minutes per match. I would like to see Grand Seer get the start, um, link up with Chicharito, and score some goals. Yeah, um, and you know, Minnesota, not only have they not been in great form, it's been because of injuries. I'm seeing uh, all those players you just lost, um, Reynoso, load. Uh, Sonny Dotson, Juan Agudelo. It looks like they're going to go with like Jacory Hayes, Ethan Finlay, and Andre Hunau uh, as the attackers. And I, I don't love that. I like Minnesota getting back to form and getting some wins towards the end of the season. They brought in uh, Fragapane and and some great players who I think you know are going to connect well with you know Will Trap and Osvaldo Alonso. I want to see Metanier get back in the attack. Uh, he's been lost for most of this season. I like Minnesota moving forward, but I like LA Galaxy this week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. This, uh, you know, my thoughts on Adrian Heath. I'm not the biggest fan of the Minnesota head coach. Uh, this is a big spot for them. No and idea. usually, And usually in big spots, uh, I don't trust Adrian Heath. So to me, I'm going to go with you on this one. Cautiously, I'm going to take LA guys. If anything, you know, the wimp in me, I would do the double chance to tie in the win. But I would agree with you on that one. Last up, we have the Philadelphia Union hosting Orlando City. Philadelphia Union are minus 130 as the home favorites. That's almost even money, and I don't know why. Um, you know, I love my underdog picks for sportsbook purposes, but here I got to show some love for the home team. Uh, Philly are on the outside looking in after a tough stretch with two losses and a draw in their last three matches. Orlando, on the other hand, really aren't helping themselves either. They capped off a two-game losing streak with both Nani and Andre Pereira uh, getting red card suspensions, which only adds to their availability problem. Chris Mueller, Mueller is nursing a foot injury, should miss the weekend match. Um, and meanwhile, Jegson Mendez is still in Ecuador. That's a problem. Philadelphia Union minus 130, lock it in. Yeah, I know Philadelphia just got disappointed, knocked out of the Champions League semifinals by Club America. Uh, you know, I think they were all in on that. Maybe some tired legs coming back in from that game, but you know midweek game. But I, I'm gonna have to agree with you again. You know we usually we, so we, I can't believe I'm agreeing with you almost every pick here. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with you on this one too. Orlando, uh, they seem to be taking a little step back. DK is not scoring as much. Nani has been in and out of the lineup. Now red cards. He had a couple knocks here and there. Mm, you know Benji Michelle has been kind of quiet. Uh, in a defensively, Orlando's still good, but offensively for me, Orlando's doesn't really – they're missing something. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, long season, longer legs. Maybe they need to rejuvenate. I don't know what it is. But in this game, Philadelphia coming off a loss, and now they're home. I think last year, I think Philadelphia only lost one game all year home. If we're undefeated, if I'm, I'm mistaken. Based on that alone, Philadelphia's home. I tend to go with them a lot. And tough matchup for Orlando, but I'm going to take Philadelphia this me too. I, I want to see uh, Shabilko and Sergio Santos bring back that great connection they had earlier this season. We know uh, Burke may actually is going to miss this game um, and him and Shabilko have been up top but Sergio Santos I really feel it brings a different dimension to the attack. Um, Philadelphia scoring only three times in their last five games and zero in their last two. I need them to find the net and if they do I think this uh, win over Orlando City is going to be uh, uh, quite an easy affair. Yeah, I, I, I like it, especially Philadelphia home. Yeah, lock it in. Alex, any final words this week? Uh, uh, the, US, the U.S. national team will be playing some games in October. Something to look out for. Panama is on the red zone on U.K. list. So that means we may not see Sargent, Pulisic, uh, whoever plays in England, may not be able to travel to Panama for that second game. 
uh, that's going to be a problem if that is true. Uh, I'm still you know, waiting for more information on that. I don't know how that's going to you know pan out, but since Panama is on the red list of countries of COVID, they're not going to let players leave from England, go to Panama, and then come back and quarantine for two weeks. They're just not going to let them go. So that could be an issue for the U.S. national team if Pulisic is not there for the Panama game. Something to look out for in the news in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us at ID Sports.